0: Call in at 303 690 3000.
4: Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Eric Cartier at Rocky Mountain Calvary in Colorado Springs. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that you're having a great Friday afternoon and God's encouraging you, giving you that daily bread that you need. The heart and purpose of Calvary Live is to give you an opportunity to call in to ask a pastor a question. Maybe you've got a question about the Word or a question about something that's going on in your life. We'll get into God's Word together, go to God's throne together. So all of our lines are open, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. A text is a great way to be part of today's program. It comes right to me, so if you've got a prayer request... A question, 720-336-0897. We'd like to welcome our listeners on the East Coast at Truth FM and also Hope FM. Guys, thanks so much for listening out there. And as always, we want to welcome all of our listeners here in Colorado as well as online. The lines are open, 303 690 303 690 Today I've been preparing a message in the book of Ecclesiastes. This Saturday and Sunday we're going to be finishing uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, and it's been a really fun uh, journey. And at the very end of the book, uh, Solomon writes about how he prepared uh, to give wisdom in uh, this book. And I think it's really insightful on how to be able to communicate truth. So I want to read a few verses for you. It says, The preacher sought to find acceptable words, and what was written in upright words of truth. And so when we're sharing truth, we want to make sure that the words are acceptable, meaning that someone can understand them, that it's going to relate to them. We want to put God's wisdom in relatable terms. But then most importantly, we want God's word also to be truthful. And Solomon says, I'm writing words that are true. God says that he honors his word even above his name, And so when we're sharing with people, we don't necessarily want to share our opinions or ideas, but we want uh, to share uh, with them the truth of God's word. Also, Solomon writes, he says, he pondered and sought out and set in order many proverbs. And we want our our words to be thoughtful. We want to put them together in a way uh, where we've set them in order and people can understand the logic of what we're saying. And then finally, he says, the words of the wise are like goads, The words of scholars are like well-driven nails driven by uh, one shepherd. And this is really purposeful words, uh, that our words are like a nail, and they're really able to uh, drive the point home. So as you're sharing truth, I know God gives you opportunities to share. Look at the end of Ecclesiastes chapter 12, and it gives us some practical insight on how to be able uh, to share. Again, you're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. It's great. To be with you this Friday afternoon, the heart and purpose of the show, I know for me, what really uh, stirs me to host is really honest questions. So if you've got honest questions, honest struggles, uh, things that you're wondering about God's word or things that are going on in your life, all of our lines are open. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send me a text, 720-336-0897. One text that has come in uh, reads, I told someone to smile, they cursed at me. I told them uh, when they came back, I bless you even though you cursed at me. uh, And just told uh, them that the Lord uh, blesses them. Please pray for the person to come uh, to Jesus. So, sounds like God gave you a lot of grace to respond in a godly way, uh, as they cursed at you uh, to be able to bless them and may let's lift them up in prayer and pray that God would minister to them. God, we lift up this uh, individual that obviously is angry and hurting and uh, responded in anger and cursing, and we just pray that you would touch their hearts and that they would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and come to a place of repentance and true life uh, transformation. So we lift them up to you and we thank you and we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. You are listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number to call is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. All of our lines are open. If you have a question about God's Word or a particular doctrine or a situation that you're going through, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send me a text 720 336 0897. Text question comes in. I'm very analytical and studious. How do I get God's word to move from head knowledge to heart wisdom? This is a great question uh, Is how do I get God's word to go from my head uh, to my heart? And I know for me, there's uh, a couple of things that really help with this, uh, and one is prayer to really talk over God's word uh, with the Lord. This is his love letter to me. And so as I take time to meditate upon it and talk to the Lord about it, it's usually in that process of communing with God that he makes it much more real in my heart and my life. And then also heart knowledge seems to come uh, through experiences of God's word. So as I'm going through experiences uh, in my life and I'm reading God's word, that's usually when God Uh, connects it to my heart. Again, you're listening to Calvary Live. The number to call if you have questions is 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. Let's go to line one to James here in Colorado Springs. James, welcome to the program.
5: Hi, Eric. Um, I just had a a prayer request. I'm kind of going through a divorce right now, on the fifteenth is the final. Okay. Uh, and I just want, still open for reconciliation. Uh, I don't know if that's possible or not. Uh, I know I want it, but I'm not sure about my wife. And if it doesn't happen, then then I want, I don't want any harm to come to my wife. Yeah. For
4: myself pray. and for my kids' sake. Yeah, yeah. Let's pray for you and lift you up in prayer. Father, I thank you for James and lift him up to you. And we do ask, God, that you would bring reconciliation, if it's at all possible, Lord, and that you would soften hearts to want to see this marriage move forward in the future. And, Lord, we ask uh, for your intervention. We pray for James that you would... Comfort his heart and give him peace and give him wisdom. We we pray over his wife's heart that you would minister to her and Speak truth into her life and that you uh, would protect Lord them uh, both uh, through this process you protect the kids and uh, Lord that your hand would be upon them So pray for James today that you would really encourage him and watch over him. Uh, We thank you and praise you in Jesus name. amen. Amen Well, thanks for calling James God bless you. You're listening to Calvary Live. The number to call is 303 690 690 3000 Also, you can send me a text, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Shane in New Jersey. Shane, welcome to the program.
6: Hey, how you doing?
4: Good. How are you doing?
6: Good. Um, I had a question. I was reading Deuteronomy. I'm a Christian. I'm in New Jersey. Um, I don't want anybody doubting or anything, uh, but, you know, a lot of atheists and stuff. I'm sorry, can I go with my question?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
6: Okay. Yeah, I don't expect you uh, off the top of your head or anything, but maybe later on, or another day or something, you could uh, come up with something. But uh, Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 28, it talks about um, selling the women and for the Israelites to take the women for themselves or something along those lines. And I was kind of you know a lot of times i read the old testament and um usually i'll figure out or i'll find through studying it uh how it's how it could seem wrong to us but it actually makes sense and it it's a moral thing but this one i'm having trouble with uh just seems like it's not it's not right so i'm just not sure um if maybe you uh, had some thoughts on it but you know without the context it's kind of hard so
4: yeah do you remember the particular verse you were thinking of
6: yeah, it's
4: around to me, chapter two, verse twenty-eight. Okay, let's let's take a look at that. Um, verse twenty-seven says, "Let me pass through your land, and I will keep uh, strictly to the road, and I will turn neither to the right nor the left. You shall sell me food for money that I may eat, and give me water for money that I may drink, only let me only let me pass through foot." So I think that particular verse is the request uh, to the king of Shihon that the Israelites could pass through the wilderness. Um, so it may have been a, a different verse, or further down in ch- chapter uh, 2. Um,
6: oh, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I guess I uh, wrote down the wrong verse.
4: That's okay. You know, maybe if, when you find that verse, uh, if you don't mind calling me back, and we can look at that question a, a little bit more, in a little bit more detail... Um. yeah, without being able to get get right into that verse, I don't know uh, that particular verse off the top of my head. So,
6: Right, yeah, I don't expect it
4: I get the gist of your question, though.
6: Cool, well, thank you so much for your time. Sorry about that.
4: Yeah. Well, God bless you out there in New Jersey, okay? Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number is 303-690-3000, 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand. Also, you can send a text seven two zero 336 Let's go to Willie and Aurora. Willie, welcome to the program. Yes. Hello. Hello, are you still there?
7: Yeah, I'm here. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Do you I... want me to ask my question, or...
4: Yeah, how can I help you today?
7: Okay, so... Kind of, it's kind of a two-part question. Um, the first part of it is, is that if the Church knows uh, the Father's name and the Son says, I come in my Father's name, then why is it that we're using... Why is it that we're not calling the Father by his real name and his son by his real name and then if his name is Yeshua or um Yahweh then <clears throat> why is it that we continue to call on the name of Jesus and he says that I come in my father's name? Mm-hmm. And it's like where is the where is the J coming from, first of all? Um Second of all, it's like why won't why won't we worship Him in spirit and truth, and why is it that we're being deceived by calling calling the Father and the Son something that He never said to call Him?
4: I think there's a good answer right right from God's Word. Um, in Matthew chapter one, uh, we see Mary and Joseph are instructed to name. The Messiah Jesus and Matthew 121 it says and she will bring forth a son and you will call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins and then in Philippians chapter 2 it says that there's no name that's above the name of Jesus Uh, and so we see there a very clear reference uh, to God's son it has the name Jesus and his name is lifted above any other name And in Philippians 2, it describes the work that Jesus did for us in his humanity, him becoming a man, uh, dying upon the cross and his resurrection. And because that, the Father says uh, that there's no name above the name of Jesus. This is Philippians 2.10. It says uh, that at the name of Jesus, every name should bow, and those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. Uh, therefore jesus has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above uh, every name and then when jesus was teaching us to pray uh, in the sermon on the mount he instructed us to address uh, the father as father he says when you pray you should pray in this manner our father which art in heaven so i think calling god father uh, comes right from the word uh, referring to the messiah as jesus comes comes right from the word and so that's, that's why uh, we do it.
7: Now, how can, we call, how can we call him Jesus if the letter J is only 400 years, four to 500 years old?
4: Well, the Bible is translated, you know, from the original Greek into English, referring to the Messiah as Jesus, because it's translated directly over from the Greek into, into the English. But if you have a conviction to refer to Jesus as Yeshua, that's totally understandable as well. So thanks for your call, Willie. Pray that God blesses your day. And let's uh, move on to Chris in Baltimore. Chris, welcome to the program. Hey there. Yep. How you doing today, Chris?
3: Pretty good. How about yourself?
4: Doing good. Thank you.
0: So um, I had uh, both a prayer request and also a question. Um, the question is, so if in the end of days, you know, before the Tribulation, the Church is supposed to fall, um, so if it's, if it's foretold that this is going to happen, it must be God's will. So why not let this—why fight it? Why not just let the Church fall and, and not, you know, continue the good fight? Why not just let God's will be—
4: So, are you thinking of uh, in Second Thessalonians where it talks about that there will be a, a strong delusion before the, the time of the end?
1: Um,
0: I suppose. I mean, I'm just I'm just going by, you know, the general generalization. I guess I guess it would be um um. I can't think of which uh, particular book it was, was in, yeah. um, but just that it's going to happen.
4: So I guess to kind of speak to that, in 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, it says, Let no one deceive you by any means, for the that day will not come unless there's a falling away first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. So Paul is writing to the Church, encouraging the Church to be faithful— because there is going to be a lot of deception leading up to the tribulation and the revelation of the, of the Antichrist. Um, but we do have the promise from Jesus that the gates of hell are not going to prevail against the Church. And so those, those things are going to get dark uh, spiritually. It's not that the Church is going to totally go to an apostasy state. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I think I got you. So, um, so I guess we'll be we'll be tested on our faith on our faith again because uh, the church isn't going to be what it once was. In other words, we'll probably right. be criticized more so as being Christians.
4: Yeah, I think that as we get closer to the times of the end, there's going to be more hostility towards uh, Christ. Uh, but it's not. There's nothing in Scripture that says that the church is going to completely fall away. I think more of that strong delusion is talking about those that don't know the Lord and those that are opposed to the Lord. I think God is going to be faithful to the church to to keep us strong, to help us to be able to endure to the end. And so we want to stand fast, but kind of to address your first question, you know, it, it's never it's never God's heart for us as God's people to just give up. You know, He always wants us to continue to press into Him and continue to try to reach lost souls, uh, even though it is going to get more spiritually dark. um, God's always wanting to bring people to himself. Does that help?
0: Yeah, I'm sorry, I was distracted for a second. Yeah, it was an accident beside me. um,
4: Uh, um, No problem. But
0: but that pretty much answers my question. And if you could just uh, have a, a prayer request as well for me. Yeah, you bet. Uh, for my daughter. We were uh, going through some difficult times um, with her mouth. She's a, a young adult, and uh, we put her out of the house because I couldn't take it anymore. So if you could just uh, pray in whatever way
4: for me. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, that's a, that's really tough. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for Chris in Baltimore, and what a tough situation that he's going through uh, with his daughter, and Lord, we pray that you would work in that uh, situation, and uh, Lord, that uh, you would bring reconciliation, that you would soften, Lord, uh, his daughter's heart, and uh, Lord, give uh, him wisdom and just show him the path forward. We thank you for your promise and your word that if we lack wisdom and ask in faith, that you'll give it to us. And so we just pray over him and his family that you would intervene on their behalf. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you very much, Pastor.
4: You bet. Good talking to you, Chris.
0: Same here. You have a great night.
4: You too. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Shirley in Philadelphia. Shirley, welcome to the program. Hello. Hello. How are you?
2: Hi. How are you?
4: Doing good. Thank you.
2: Um, I just was discussing with whoever. Um, I believe that you keep coming back until you get it right to the end of the world when you're a judge and then and the guy I spoke to before you said that the Lord died once and and I get that. But everybody is accounted for and, and like how how do you explain, like, for instance, people that felt like they'd been here before? You don't think that God, like he, we we get reused to 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 go on, like when when we have our children, we're just vessels. You know what I'm saying? To 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 you know, lead them, lead them in in the right way. Yeah. That I mean, it doesn't happen that way. I mean, today, I know my purpose is to put others' hand into God's hand.
4: Yeah. Well, Shirley, let me try to answer your question. You know, always when people share their experiences or their feelings, we have to go to God's word. You know, and in your question where you said, you know, what if someone says that they've been here before? They feel like they've been here before. uh, In Hebrews 9, uh, 27, it says, And just as appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. So we don't get another opportunity this life through reincarnation. And in Jeremiah seventeen nine it says that our heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. And our hearts can deceive us. So someone may claim the experience of reincarnation or feel like they've been here before, but we always have to hold God's word above someone's personal experience or their emotions.
2: I mean, I, and I do, or else I won't be calling and asking, um, Yeah. With, which I am going to participate in a Bible study with others. Um,
4: yeah. Which
2: I'm excited. Which I'm excited about.
4: That's uh, awesome.
2: But my husband died, and he felt like he's been here before, and he knew. Yeah. That he he wasn't going to be here long. He said he had a purpose hmm. here, and his purpose was for me. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. Yeah. You know, like we all well, have a purpose.
4: Right. Shirley, I'm going to pray for you, okay? And I, I'm sorry that you've lost your husband and pray that God really comforts you and ministers to your heart, okay? Okay. Lord, I thank you for Shirley and I lift her up to you, God. And Lord, I just pray that you would comfort her heart in the loss of her husband and... Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the teaching of eternal life for those who trust you for salvation. And so, Lord, would you encourage her? Would you minister to her your love? And as she mourns the death of her husband, Lord, that you would comfort her and give her a peace that surpasses understanding. So, Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Amen. Thank you.
4: God bless you. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. We do have all of our lines open. The number to call is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. I'm going to go ahead and take some texts uh, that have uh, come in. A text question says, I can't remember where, but I believe that the Bible says something along the lines, uh, if you believe Jesus died for our sins and rose again, you will not be judged. But if you don't, you will be judged. Uh, can you help me clarify? Uh, is this referring to your spiritual state the moment you take your last breath? Is it urging us to realize this truth before we pass? And this is from Chris and Parker. Chris, that's a great uh, question. I think it's the most important question uh, that we consider. Uh, is how is someone saved? And John 3:16, I think answers this in the verses following. I was just reading uh, John 3 uh, this morning, and it reminded me of this truth. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God and this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So these verses John 3:16 through 19 really lay out to us if we do come to that moment of our last breath and we don't believe in Christ we do enter into condemnation. So absolutely there's an urgency to believe in Christ's death and resurrection while we're still living and not die in a state where Uh, We don't know Christ as our Savior. So thank you so much for sending in that question. That's such an important uh, question. Another question that's come in says, Dear Pastor, how do you deal as a pastor with with debates within the evangelical community? There seems to be many debates on issues like King James only, interpretation of serpent scripture, and many other things seems to me that people get almost militant on certain issues, especially on social media. How do you keep your joy in the Lord and do not let these arguments discourage us further and divide us as one body? Jonathan, that's a great question. Thanks so much for sending that in. And I think the way that we sort this out is by keeping the main thing the main thing. And what I mean by that is to focus on the death and resurrection of uh, Jesus Christ. This is the most important thing. Who, who do people believe Jesus to be? Do they believe His death? They, do they believe His uh, resurrection? And holding on to that and the essential uh, of that, and not getting caught up in uh, these debates and how to maintain our joy in the Lord is to continue to soak so, to focus on the death and the resurrection of Christ, to rejoice in the Lord to rejoice in the Gospel and what he has uh, done uh, for us. There's a famous quote uh, that says uh, in the essentials uh, that we're to have unity, and the non-essentials diversity, but in all things uh, charity. And so the non-essentials is we can have diversity in, but then that's where we need to really walk in love, in God's agape love, and that's oftentimes where the church falls short. So pray that God would encourage you, Jonathan. I can tell from your your text that uh, it's discouraging and overwhelming to you. You're listening to Calvary Live. Please stay with me. We're going to head to a break and we'll be right back.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
4: Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Eric Cartier in Colorado Springs at Rocky Mountain Calvary. Thanks so much for listening. Hope that you're having a great Friday afternoon. I know a lot of times on Friday, it's kind of overwhelming and a time to... Take a deep breath and reflect as we head into the weekend. Remember that the Lord loves you and his heart is for you. His promises are true. If you'd like to call and be part of today's show, if you have a question about the Word, things that are going on in your life, we'll get into God's Word together, pray together. The number to call is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Robin on line one. Robin, welcome to the program.
7: Yeah, this is Robin. How
4: are you doing today?
7: Good, and yourself?
4: Doing good, thank you.
7: Okay, my question is, I'm over in Deuteronomy 28. I was speaking with some people that claim that they some Israelites. Over in the 28, verse 68, And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships by way of, Wherefore I spake unto thee, Thou shalt see it no more again. And there ye shall be sold unto your enemy, for bondmen, women, and no man shall buy you. Who is these people? Did this happen today? Is these the people of today, or did this happen back then?
4: Yeah. So in Deuteronomy 28, Moses is warning the children of Israel if they disobey God, that they'll be taken out of uh, the promised land uh, via ships. And so we know that Israel was taken captive to Babylon and also to Assyria. Uh, so as I look at this, this is a warning to them uh, that if they were to disobey, that they would be taken in ships uh, to Egypt. But I don't know of a point in Israel's history where they were taken uh, to Uh, Israel in ships, uh, or they were taken to Egypt in, in ships. Does that make sense?
7: Okay, so if I understand this right, Israel is right next to Egypt, right?
4: Right, yep.
7: And Israel broke God's commandments, right?
4: Eventually, yes, yep.
7: Okay, so if God's words stand true, then he wouldn't go back on what he said, right?
4: Correct, yep.
7: Okay, so that means that this took place.
4: I I would say that it probably did at some point but we okay, don't Okay,
7: so what I'm asking is is this a people of today because the only people we know who was taken in ships was the so-called African Americans and Native Americans and right. Latinos. So are those the people God's people or did this happen back then?
4: This is written specifically to the nation of Israel and warning the nation of Israel as they're going into promised land. So I I think that this would have had to have been fulfilled some point in history prior, um, but we don't have it recorded for us in history uh, or in the scripture of Israel being taken into captivity in Egypt by by boats from my knowledge of, of what I know.
7: In Israel today, those people don't experience the curses of Deuteronomy 28.
4: Right or wrong? So, you know, I, that's a good question. You know, I think that we know ultimately that for those that believe in Jesus Christ, that Christ has f- freed us from the curse of the law, so we don't experience uh, the curses that come upon the law but I as i law, look I at
7: he he uh it was only the law of uh, sin and death because he said these curses god said these curses would stand forever on these people
4: right you know
7: so how the... is it that he would abolish these curses if he said these curses would stand forever on these people
4: I think the answer to that lies in Galatians chapter 3, at the end of the chapter where it tells us that the law is a schoolmaster that brings us to Christ. So for Jews that have trusted Christ as their, their Savior, they're freed from the curse of the law. To those that uh, reject uh, Christ as their Savior and they're their Israelites, I think they would still fall under uh, the curse of the law.
7: We're talking about the law of sin and death. We're not talking about he's uh, the law of the laws that Moses in the Torah, right? The dietary laws. He didn't uh, excuse us from
4: those. Well, you know, again, I would refer to Galatians chapter 3 and also Colossians chapter 2. But I believe in the new covenant that we are uh, freed from the dietary law. To the the strict observance on the sabbath on on saturday um, but i know where you're coming from if you're if you don't hold to that view so is there anything else that i can can help you with today oh. did, did i help answer your question
7: no you did
4: okay well i appreciate you calling god bless you you're listening to calvary live the number to call is 303-690-3000 303 303- or you can send me a text, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Ron in Denver. Ron, welcome to the program. Ron, are you there? Ron, it looks like we lost you. Feel free to give us a call back. And let's go to Jason. Jason in Aurora. Jason, welcome to the program. good how are you doing
1: I'm doing well just driving home from work stuck in traffic
4: (laughs) I hear ya that's no fun
1: yeah Um, had some questions for you Um, I'm a a firm believer and um, I'm currently going through a separation right now uh, from my wife and um, Mm. was Looking, I, I feel kind of lost right now, um, and kind of, kind of don't know where to go from here. Um, there's some circumstances on why we're separated, and uh, uh, I just, I just feel lost because I know that it's wrong, and that I need to be with my, my wife. You know?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, as we're As we're talking, Chris, uh, Philippians comes to mind, Philippians 4, 6, where it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your heart and minds uh, through Christ Jesus, and that God would meet you with his peace and and give you wisdom. And I always want to try to encourage people that are in your situation that... uh, God's a God of the resurrection; that He's able to do the impossible. As your heart and hopefully uh, your wife's heart is turned toward Christ, that Christ can really mend and restore your relationship.
1: So I'm a little. The reason why I'm 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 the one who who last, uh, in this situation because. There's some alcoholism involved, in um, my relationship, and
6: okay. I couldn't,
1: I couldn't, uh, I couldn't deal with it anymore. And uh, it doesn't mean that my love isn't there. It doesn't mean that I don't uh, want to be there for my children. or... Uh, want to be there for my wife or anything like that. Um, yeah. But it, it just means that I can't be in that situation. Um, but it's, I feel like no matter what I do, um, I, I'm hitting a, a dead end. And I, I, you know, I pray every day. I pray every night. I pray all day long for for help. And, you know, I just, you know, I, you know, I've almost thrown my hands up in the air, and, you know, I just don't
4: know where to go from here, yeah, so um, you know Jason, do you mind me asking is the the alcohol on on your part is it on your wife's part? is it both my my
1: wife's, my wife's part
4: yeah, okay yeah. yeah are you are you guys part of a local church at all by chance
1: uh yeah, we are, yeah,
4: I would just encourage you to to really reach out to your church and to your pastors, and see if your one of your pastors will meet with you guys, because um, at these times, we really need the help and support of the body of Christ, and uh, see if your wife's willing to, to meet with a pastor and see what the Lord would do, uh, but there's always hope, you know, there's always a way for God to, to bring restoration.
1: Yeah. Okay.
4: Let me oh, pray for I, you, I, okay?
1: Yeah, thank you very much.
4: God, thank you so much for Jason, and I just hear that pain in his heart and on his voice. And God, we do just pray Philippians 4 um, over his life, Lord, that he wouldn't be anxious, but be thankful and lift his request to you and that you would give him a peace that sort of passes understanding. God, would you hold him close in this time, give him wisdom as a husband. We pray for real uh, breakthroughs uh, in their marriage and restoration and healing. Lord, that you would encourage uh, his wife and be gracious to her and and show Christ to her and comfort the kids as well. And so we lift this whole entire family up to you, in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, Jason, thanks for calling. God bless you. And we had a question uh, be asked uh, of what do you do with your twenty eight year old son who wants to read the Book of the Dead? Um, and so this is difficult, you know, when you have a 28-year-old child, you, you don't have control over what they read or what they want to read. I think the best thing that you can do is to speak truth and love and to warn them about the dangers of the, the Book of the Dead. Uh, to do some uh, research, uh, gotquestions.org is a, is a great resource. And then to, to really approach it with prayer that God would move in your 28-year-old son's life. Uh, to move them away from uh, the Book of the Dead and move them to uh, the Book of the Living, which is uh, the God's Word that's going to touch their hearts and lives. And so I just want to lift this up in prayer. God, we lift up uh, this 28-year-old son to you, and, Lord, as his heart is in this place of wanting to read the Book of the Dead. Lord, we just pray, uh, Lord, that you're you're moving in their life, Lord, and that that they would see clearly the the heirs in the Book of the Dead and be moved to your word, and that you would uh, use this in their life to point them to Christ. And so we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's go to Chris in line two in Denver. Chris, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing fantastic. Um, Just picking up food for the homeless right now uh I, my question is um there's i don't know if gotta in my phone. i oh this is wonderful um my question is uh let's see if i can remember i don't have my bible with me i'm, I'm working with one hand and talking with the other i think it's first john 3 8 uh says uh, for this reason the son of god was uh manifested that he might destroy the works of darkness um um uh, mm-hmm. being that, you know, the, the Son of Man is the Word, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Um, being that, you know, uh, Jesus is the Word. Is that correct? Yeah.
4: Correct, yeah.
3: Okay. So, um, like, in the Old Testament, like, uh, when the Word of the Lord came to, uh, you know, all the prophets and um, all the men of God, Uh, Was that Jesus that would speak to them?
4: You know, I don't think that we know specifically that it was Jesus uh, speaking to them. I think it was God uh, revealing to them his his word. Paul writes and he says that all Scripture is given by inspiration, that it's God-breathed. And so I don't think necessarily that we know that it was Jesus directly that was uh, communicating uh, to them like in a uh, incarnate type of way. Uh, you know, I picture it more of God uh, speaking to their hearts uh, in a way where they clearly knew that it was the Lord, that it was coming from God, that it was, uh, wasn't coming from themselves in a way that is deeper than anything that we experience because you know God speaks to our hearts, but we can't claim that it's the Word of the Lord. Um, right. that it's inspiration. Okay. So
3: okay. except for like maybe the, the Chris Christophanes. That would be a different right. case, right?
4: Right, like, correct. Like yep. And,
3: in jo- like in Joshua when the commander of the army appeared. Right. In Joshua.
4: Yep. And, exactly.
3: Uh, the burning Bush passage and, mm-hmm. and Okay. Alrighty.
4: Yeah. Well thank you. Well,
3: God for bless for your, it yeah. I and may the Lord bless your day.
4: You too. God bless you, Chris. Bye bye you listen to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Let's go to James in Broomfield. James, welcome to the program.
5: Hi, uh, good, good afternoon, Pastor. How, how, how's your day going? Good.
4: How's your day going?
5: Better now than I'm talking with you. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, I just, uh, just had a quick question. I didn't know—I uh, think I got maybe two, but I, I don't— um... I just kind of wanted I was listening uh, earlier uh and you guys were talking about uh King David and um and Saul Uh-huh. And uh you you uh you know um Saul was giving David uh you know problem after problem and just trying to uh set him up for failure but um he kept prevailing and uh he just never had a bad intention for Saul. He looked at Saul more as a friend and didn't have that uh didn't throw the didn't throw the spear back in a sense right yeah um so yeah like my question my question to you is like why uh do you believe that god uh uh was you know was involved in the way that david uh was reacting to saul's treatment on him
4: yeah i sure i sure do um and i think that David showed a lot of character to not take revenge into his own hands. And when David records for us the reason why he didn't throw the spear back or when he had opportunity to kill Saul in the cave is that he said he didn't want to hurt or touch the Lord's anointed. So he knew that Saul had been anointed by God and been given that position uh, and that God had also anointed David to, to be king, to be Saul's replacement, but he knew that uh, that was going to come by God's hand instead of his own hand. So the reason that he treated Saul that way was because even though Saul was in a rebellious retro uh, retro uh, rebellious state, sorry excuse me that that uh, it was God that was going to remove Saul, not David.
5: Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, yeah, I kind of figured he needed uh some help uh to maintain after all that <laughs> he went through with yeah. that guy. <laughs>
4: yeah, I think God's hand was definitely on David.
5: Oh, cool. And um I I just got one last question for you Pastor. I just um I just wanted to know uh if the Bible says anything about um about space um and about um you know, other planets um Mhm. 'Cause I know in the, you know, in the beginning was the word um and well in the beginning there was light. Um and then he made the, um everything in seven days or, you know, took a day of rest on the seventh day. Um mm-hmm. and and during each one of those days he was doing something to, you know, uh part of God's plan. And so my uh when I was reading that, um my first question was, you know, did uh did God uh create do you, you know, do you believe that God created the world uh, first, um, or, uh, you know, was space always here with all these other planets? Like, is there any mention of other planets or uh, anything else besides uh, Earth or anything like that?
4: Yeah. You know, there's reference throughout the Scripture of God— creating all things, and so I think that that would also include the universe and the other planets, Uh, but we don't see any reference in the Bible to other planets. Like God doesn't refer to to them or other other galaxies or there being life on other uh, planets. And so, um, you know, all the galaxies, all the planets, all the universe has been uh, created by God, uh, but God doesn't address them beyond that he created them.
5: Oh, I see. Uh, yes. uh do do you believe that there uh might be other uh humans uh, <laughs> you know, out there that God might have scattered on these other planets? Just uh a long yeah, uh, that's all you know, that's kinda of been bugging me You know, not that it's a bad thing, yeah. anything I just Right. Yeah, I was always curious. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, is this like the only planet that's going through right. uh his chest and the you know?
4: So my personal view, and this is just my my thought on it, is I tend to not think so because God doesn't address it in Scripture. Uh, so by the fact that God doesn't refer to uh, any people groups on other planets, I tend to come to the conclusion that uh, we're the only ones. Um, but ultimately, you know, where God's silent, we must be silent. You know, we. Uh, but when I look at it, I go, man, God. God doesn't tell us that there are uh, uh, people on other uh, planets, so I kind of assume that we're, we're the only, only ones. God. But that, yeah, that's my opinion. That's my thought.
5: No, I, no, I understand that. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, you know, cause there, yeah, there's, uh, you know, I, I haven't read the full thing, but I, <laughs> I haven't, uh, <laughs> you know, I haven't, I haven't, you know, heard that from anybody, and so, oh yeah, a little curious. I, I, I appreciate yeah. it.
4: Yeah, it's um, great questions, James.
5: Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, I I hope yeah. you guys uh enjoy your weekend. Uh, I hope you guys have a great rest of the day. Um I, I just want to say a prayer for uh for our po- uh, for our politics, uh for, you know, guys yeah. to watch over um you know, what's going on in America right now and uh Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, just um yeah, just pray pray for everybody uh who's having some hardship right now and is hard hard in their heart mm-hmm. uh that they uh they're able to hear uh you know and uh, pay attention to what's going on and um just have compassion and uh, uh, more caring for uh, others um, and uh, more understanding uh, uh, for other people uh, based on what they've been through um, and and things of that nature.
4: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, you bet. Let's pray for that, James. Let's pray together. I'll I'll pray for us. Father, thanks for James and for all that you're doing in his life and his questions. And Lord, we do uh, just lift up uh, the political climate. And as it is voting season, Lord, we pray for your will to be done and, for you to raise up godly leaders. And Lord, we do also pray for our country that there would be a turning back to you and a move back to uh, compassion and kindness and love. And we know ultimately that comes from you. We also pray for those that are going through a hard time that you would really encourage them and give them hope uh, in the midst of their despair. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, James, thanks for calling. God bless you. Let's continue on our phone lines. Let's go to Pete in Aurora. Pete, welcome to the program.
8: Hey, uh, Pastor Eric, how are you doing?
4: Good, how are you doing?
8: I'm doing pretty good. Hey, I'm calling in today, uh, getting ready to go turn myself in this evening uh, to serve a 10-day sentence for um, a, uh, d- a driving uh, DUI charge. Um, okay. so I was hoping that, uh, in these next 10 days, I just wanted to, uh, open up the Bible and spend some time with him and, and, and kind of, by uh, um, just, you know, getting some more knowledge and, and, um, just kind of repenting for my sin and, um, yeah, yeah. and just spend some, some quality time and some deep prayer and, and, and just yeah. getting into the Bible. So I was wondering yeah, if you had good, any Pete. particular, um verses or chapters that I could focus
4: on. Yeah. I would spend time in in Psalms 23. I think that that's a great one to meditate on and pray through and pray through as you're trying to get sleep. Um, And then I would encourage you to read through the Gospels while while you're there the next 10 days, Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and really focus on Christ and who He is and what He's done for you and I know uh, recently right now I've been reading through the gospels and I've just been finding them so refreshing to look at the character of Christ and uh, the truth of of who he is and I believe that God's got great things for you during these next 10 days you know that he's going to meet you and put people in your life for you to share with and uh, be a light towards and God is great at being able uh, to redeem all things and he's he's going to use these these 10 days in your life and in the life of others as well
8: well, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. You know, I, uh, I, I'm, i you know, facing, um, uh, you know, my my sin head on. I'm not, uh, you know, I didn't, when I went to court, I didn't deny it. I didn't try to fight it. Um, I knew yeah. I was in the wrong, so I just accepted it because I knew that's what, uh, <clears throat> you know, I knew that's what the Bible tells me to do. And, and um, yeah. so, yeah, I did. And, and so I want to spend these next 10, ten days just uh, in His presence and uh, just mm-hmm. kind of, you know,
4: just just getting deeper into it. Okay, sounds good. That's the right attitude. That's that attitude of humility. So let me pray for you, Pete, okay?
8: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you.
4: Lord, I just thank you so much for Pete, and Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in his life, and thank you for uh, the humility just to be able to accept these consequences, to see what you uh, have for him I pray for your protection over him over these next t- 10 days, even, Lord, who will be his cellmates and who, who he'll be in jail with and those that will be the guards. And We do pray that you would lead him in your word and that your word would just jump off the page into his heart and into his life and he'd be reminded of your uh, great love uh, for him and you'd show him what sections of scripture to read Uh, Lord, I also pray that you would put people in his path that he can be able to share with, uh, that he could share the grace and the love and the truth of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, would you uh, bless uh, uh, this time and bless Pete in an amazing way. And we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
8: Amen. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it.
4: Yeah, thanks for calling. I, I appreciate it. And I'll be praying for you these next 10 days, okay?
8: Excellent. Thank you very much, and uh, you have yourself a wonderful weekend.
4: You bet. God bless you. Bye-bye. I'm going to take a few text questions that have come in uh, as we finish up today's show. It says, Daniel and Joseph interpreted dreams right. Isn't interpreting dreams a sin? How can I find out what my dreams mean without sinning against God? I continue to dream the same thing uh, uh, for a year now. So it it's not wrong to interpret dreams. Uh, what Daniel and Joseph did is uh, they looked to God and they prayed to God that God would give them the interpretation of uh, the dreams. And so, uh, you know, to come up with something crazy or wacky on our own but is wrong. But Lloyd, I would encourage you to seek the Lord on what this dream means. Uh, if anything, sometimes dreams have a meaning. Sometimes they're from the Lord. Sometimes uh, they're just things that we can't control that comes up into our sleep naturally to really be able to look into God's word, uh, that there might be an interpretation to see if the Lord uh, would give you an interpretation as you uh, seek him uh, in prayer. So pray that the Lord would give you peace in that as you uh, search the Lord out uh, for an answer in uh, that area. I want to thank all of you guys for joining me today. It's so great uh, to be with you. Thanks for listening and being part of today's uh, program. We hope that you've been built up and been edified. I want to encourage you that the Lord loves you, that he's got a plan uh, for your life. None of us are here by accident. And Maybe you find yourself uh, discouraged because of sin or a situation that you're in. Uh, Remember that God loves you, that Jesus died for you and rose again, that he has a future and a hope for you and to seek to reach out. May we look for opportunities for the Holy Spirit to really use us to encourage and to be able to pour out into the lives of others. Also, I always want to encourage, uh, take time to be in God's house. Uh, Take time to commit to a local fellowship and be in worship. So God bless you as you head into worship this weekend, and hope you have a great weekend in the Lord. Take care. Bye-bye.